0: Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everyone.
1: Welcome to this 118th episode of Cat Talk Radio. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and I'm joined by my handsome husband today, Dewey Vaughn. Hi, Dewey.
2: Hi, my beautiful love, and hello to all of you out there in the big cat world Today, we're going to be talking about COVID and cats, and we're talking about COVID and cats or cats getting COVID. <laughs> so interesting well, topic. So talk, talk about, about that.
1: Yeah. Well, sort of. Yeah. And, and more. That, that certainly and more. And, and this was a topic that was suggested by two listeners, Ania from Estonia, who submitted last week's great topic about helicopter cat parenting, and also Jackie McDowell, both sent in suggestions about cats and COVID. And i would kind of been reluctant to talk about COVID and cats for a couple of reasons. I mean, I don't want to date these podcasts, but um I, I think it's a serious topic. And when two people in one week send me a suggestion on a topic with a little bit different questions, I think, okay, we're doing it. So let me just read what they wrote. First, Ania writes... In European newspapers, we hear a lot about long-term heart damage to cats and dogs who get coronavirus disease. My partner is a scientist who's working on COVID-19 research, and he takes this very seriously. He's adamant that no one visits our cat, Janku. He's not even allowed to explore our building corridor anymore. We have so much COVID in Estonia, we we were recently number one in Europe, for a number of new infections, and I'm wondering what the most recent veterinary research is and how careful we need to be. So, I mean, we're not vets. I guess we should, let's preface this by saying neither Dewey nor myself are veterinarians. So right. I don't know that <laughs> yeah. we would be the experts on, on answering that in particular. But um, but we know a little bit, enough to be dangerous. So we'll tell you what we know. You go first, Dewey. <laughs>
2: yes. Yeah, so uh, I went out just to kind of get a couple of different reference points the first reference point I am getting from Cornell University College of Veterinary Medicine, and then the other one is specifically what the CDC is saying. And uh, what I am reading is essentially what everybody else is saying about social distancing. Uh, they're recommending, of course, much like Molly does, don't let your cats out of your house anyway, and it looks like cats are, are slightly susceptible to catching the coronavirus. However, um, it's only done if they come in contact who has coronavirus. So, for example, if you, for some reason, are um, uh, have COVID and you're in bed and your cat comes in and, you know, you may want to go get a test for the COVID-19 on your cat. However, if the cat stays indoors and you don't have coronavirus, nor does anybody else that's come in contact with the cat, then the likelihood of your cat getting coronavirus is going to be very low. Um And so to the point, even the CDC is recommending that you walk six, you keep your dogs on a leash and you walk six feet across you know park so going to a dog park is probably not a really good idea either for you or for your dog um, so I, I think there's probably uh, a less likelihood of your cat coming down or contracting with it if they did then obviously you want to get it to the to the vet now it, it, it uh, both the CDC and Cornell University is saying that there's not a regular testing set up necessarily to to test animals on a regular basis if you go specifically to the vet with that concern and say that your animal has been exposed to to someone who has that then they will actually uh do a do a test and they again recommend just like molly does there's no reason for you to have your cat outside the house anyway so um, yeah and that's why
1: so, those go ahead sorry
2: no, no, go ahead. Um, those two sources
1: certainly the the CDC I think is is kind of our baseline where everybody is turning for COVID 19 information and and Cornell is one of my go to sources for any kind of cat um, medical information and and you know the CDC says there's been a really small small number of yes. of cats that have been infected um, with a virus that causes is COVID-19 now I will tell you that um cats do get a form of coronavirus that's been common they've always gotten it but it's not COVID-19 and it's not there is no nothing that shows that it's transmittable from the cat to the person and I think more of what we're talking about is can cats catch it from people and and there there are there are some things that are pointing to yeah they might be able to so at the shelter in Dallas we have a whole covid ward we have a an isolation ward that's called the the covid cat ward and anybody who's hospitalized for COVID or has COVID and is staying home and in that, that quarantine time under treatment, they can drop their cat off at the shelter and we put them in this area where they're quarantined from other people. Um, we also will, you know, you could board your cat, things like that. So so clearly it's a it's a real thing, you know, when we set up a quarantine ward kind of just to be safe and and the cdc also says that the cats that actually got sick the symptoms were really mild you know it's not right. as as yep. as fatalistic as a disease as it is in humans so that you know it's kind of like an upper respiratory infection basically right
2: um, And to speak and, to that just for a second if i don't mean to uh, cut you off but i wanted to inject the it's called sars cov-2 is the infection. That cats that you're, I believe you're referring right. to, and that's what they're calling it here anyway. Um, and they're saying that there's yeah, no evidence that you can pass it from cats to people. So that right. was probably right. a more significant piece of that equation. Their their equivalent to our COVID doesn't get passed to us, is what they're saying.
1: Right, but it, they're saying it could go the other way. So Ania's yeah. partner, yes. you know, being. Um, concerned about strangers petting and touching the cat. I I think that's a valid concern. I I do. And I I would, you know, keep my cat indoors, certainly, and limit the number of people, you know, that are touching it to the, you know, if you you won't let someone touch you or come within six feet of you, then probably you shouldn't let them come within six feet of your cat either. You know, I, I don't think it's worth compromising your cat's enrichment opportunities you know, but um, anyway, I and I have that link to the Cornell uh, information in case anybody wants it. So, if you're listening and you want to read that Cornell University finding on cats and COVID nineteen in particular, um, send me an email, Molly at CatTalkRadio dot com, and I'll share it with you.
2: Yeah, and and there is uh, really a lot of information, but the bottom line uh, the, that I read into the common component between both articles of CDC and uh, Cornell is just basically as it relates to cats, keep them home. And like Molly said, if you come down with COVID-19, see if you can take your cat somewhere to be also quarantined at the same time so you don't put it in risk. Right. So Exactly. And I mean, like and
1: you there. know, you can do it. It doesn't mean your cat can't go outside, but take it out in a stroller. You know, we have an enclosed pet stroller. And we walk Pico out there, and that way nobody can touch him, but he's outside. He's still getting his enrichment. You know, there, there are ways. Build a catio. Everybody should have a catio. In fact, we're looking at building onto our home and getting a second catio. <laughs> I wonder if you can put that, like when you put your house up for sale. You know, it's three-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath with two catios and a two-car yeah. garage. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So here is Nia's second question: How does COVID nineteen affect kitten socialization? That's a good question. And in lockdown, socializing a kitten to accept other people situations becomes very difficult. That makes sense too. They can grow up in a much smaller world with fewer situations and stimuli. Do you have any tips on how to protect pandemic-era kittens from becoming adults? with more fears boundaries than is ideal that's very good question because you know what everybody suffers and we just don't think about how much maybe the animals during this pandemic have suffered also good question
1: yeah this is a good question and and actually interestingly enough just yesterday i did a seminar a zoom seminar for a, a, a cat rescue group and the audience was fosters in particular and the seminar was titled shaping kittens into great cats and ania actually attended that and um she you know we talked a little bit about this because this was all all about how to socialize kittens into being great cats and it is a real thing i mean it's it's a it's very very challenging you know we adopted a, a kitten pico during covid and i was worried that he wouldn't be as socialized as tabasco or some of our previous cats due to less variety in handling but you know so far he's turned out okay you know, you, you want to keep stimulating them while they're young with as many different experiences as possible. Don't take personal exposure risks, obviously, to COVID, but do have your kitten handled by at least your germ pool of friends and family and you know if you're comfortable take the kitten to the door when the ups driver or mailman shows up you know ask everybody to sanitize before handling but yeah i i wonder the same thing Annie. i wonder if we're going to have a generation of covid kittens that are just a little more shy than kittens that would be raised you know in under normal situations with perhaps more people coming and going so it is challenging um you can even ask people to put on latex gloves you know rubber rubber gloves before they handle your kitten but Do try to get as much of that done as possible because Lord knows they need it, especially in that critical socialization window from three weeks to seven weeks or so. It's very, very important. They get handled a lot. So good question. I don't have an easy answer. Um, Be safe, but at the same time, give them as much stimulation as you can possibly give them.
2: Yeah, I agree. Imprinting is very important for Kittens, I know when I was young and we were raising horses and printing from the very beginning. In other words, having people touch them and be around them and, you know, building their uh, positive um, feeling about things and taking away some of their fears makes them mature quicker, I think. But, you know, here's another good question from another listener, Jackie McDonald. She writes, I have an 18-year-old cat who is used to me working from home which she absolutely loves, but soon I will be returning to outside the home work. I wonder how I can best support her during this this particular period. I care deeply about the well-being as we are both best chums and have considered seeking a job I can permanently work from home even. I know that may sound crazy. Is that crazy? (laughs) I don't think so. I think if you're home and you're working from home, you probably do get a bonding. And that's a really good topic. If you think about it from the standpoint of all the people that have been working from home during this pandemic period, how close did you get with your pets at home? And what is the traumatic feeling of you leaving? We think about kids, but what about the pets too?
1: Yeah, it's true. I mean, it doesn't sound crazy at all to me. I mean, heck, I... I had a town home in Dallas and I had an office, a, a warehouse office, and even though they were only a few miles apart, the traffic was so congested in that part of town. It took me 20 to 30 minutes to get from home to work, which is a relatively short commute these days. So if I left, and, and I didn't like to fight rush hour traffic because then it would be 45 minutes, so I would leave home by about 7.30 and then... I wanted to miss the 5.30 rush hour, so I didn't usually get home until about 7.30. And then I slept six, seven hours a day, and I began to realize that didn't leave me much time with my cats. And I was missing them a lot. So I I remodeled the whole warehouse into a live-work space, and I moved in the back. And basically, well, me and my cats moved into the back and they have been with me ever since and that's been a long time. That's another generation of cats ago. And um and of course since we've gotten PICO in the last year I I work from home there and when we go on the road we take him with us. So I don't think that's crazy at all, but I'm very closely bond with my cat and I did find myself thinking about my cats when I wasn't there and realizing they weren't getting the enrichment they needed. You know, they really did need me. So I don't think you're crazy at all. Now it's going to be a real challenge for you going back to work because cats don't like change. They absolutely hate change. So, you know, similar to what it was like when you weren't working from home and then you started to, that was an adjustment for your cat as well. You know, your cat was like, hey, wait a minute. Usually she gets up by now and she's gone and then i got all day to myself and now all of a sudden she's here all the time i mean trust me that was an adjustment not necessarily a bad adjustment but it was a change so like any change you you try to make with your cat ideally you would do it gradually by you know gradual desensitization you know maybe you would go back to work one day a week for a few weeks and then expand it to two you know maybe go back on mondays and thursdays so there's you know about the same amount of time between the two and so on and then expand that as you can but you know short of that you know prepare prepare the cat with gradual desensitization by maybe you know, working outside the home on certain days. So if, you're, if your employer won't let you go back like that, then you go to Starbucks and work for a day or something. You know, leave the house so that the cat is getting used to that time when you have to go back, you know. And if you can't make a gradual break, then, wow, well, be sure that cat has lots of mental stimulation throughout the time you're gone, which would be cat TV. Both Amazon Prime, YouTube, lots of places have cat TV now, and you just you just search cat TV, and all kinds of stuff comes up, and it's birds and squirrels and things. Music, you know, they like um, classical music best of all. Food puzzles, leave out food puzzles, <laughs> you know, food times, hide toys, um, pray play. Once you get home to Turn off some of that pent-up energy they probably are having while you're gone. And, you know, make sure they've got lots of things to climb on and scratch and play with while you're gone. And a catio. Catio is always awesome. You know, I love I love catios. And I think every cat ought to have a catio. So give it its own little place. It can safely go outside. And nothing can come in and get it. And it can't get out and get lost.
2: I had to think. I apologize for laughing a second ago. <laughs> no. But I was just thinking about You know, uh, we went from uh, having the cat TV stuff where they're sitting there while you're gone and they're watching cat TV and all the squirrels and everything going on. And then all of a sudden they hit the button that turns it over to classical music and they're sitting there flicking their tail to classical music. (laughs) And I just I had one of those, (laughs) you know, those crazy mind moments where my mind was drifting into the cartoon world. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <No>. <laughs> anyway, I, that was that yeah. was fun. Uh, thank you uh, for Ania for sending this, and to Jackie also for writing us with such great topics suggestions. And we want you to keep those coming. That really helps us prepare for shows. And it's always cool because your subjects are something new. I mean, we drive we dive into something new a lot, and it's. It's not repetitive. It's more about, you know, let's dive in and look at something new. Mm-hmm. So I'd also like to extend that offer to everyone else that's out there listening. And also, if you've ever learned something from one of our podcasts or you simply are entertained by our banter going back and forth, consider sending us a gratuity donation because that's would be very nice, and it's super easy. Uh, Molly has set this up in a great way. Just go to the store, the Cat Behavior Solutions website, and scroll down past the products, well there'll be a lot of them, and you'll probably stop along the way. Pick up a few of those before you get down to the bottom, and then there's a donate button, and you can pick the amount you'd like to add to your cart, and just go ahead and check out, and we would we would definitely appreciate it. That that gratuity.
1: We would because this isn't this is free. It co- I mean, this isn't free. It's free to you, but it costs us money to to produce this on a weekly basis. I mean, clearly we're volunteers. We don't get this out of our. We don't get paid for this. Well, I pay Dewey, but not not in cash. We won't talk about yeah. that <laughs> on the air. Yay. But Yay. nothing that comes out of Cat Talk Radio or Cat I Behavior Love Solutions accounts, I assure you. <laughs> And so this is all done um, just so that you can learn how to take better care of your cat and more about what your cat's needs are and uh, for us to help you find ways to increase the bond with your cat. And, you know, we're going to keep doing this as long as
0: shelter shelter euthanasia euthanasia is the number one cause of of death death in cats. cats.
1: It's a sad statistic, but still true. So as long as that's the case, we're going to help you make sure none of those behavior issues that make you want to rehome your cat ever happen in your life. So until next time, everybody, thanks for joining us today. And until next time, keep calm and purr on.
2: Yay. Goodbye, everyone.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend. can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at Solutions.com. That's Solutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop.